0: Welcome to This Food Thing Podcast. This is the place where we talk about our relationship with food, whether it is friend or foe, easy or less so, and how it affects our behavior. Here's today's episode. Hi, welcome back to This Food Thing Podcast. I'm delighted to be joined today by Sean Russell. Sean is the producer of SoFlow Vegans, a vegan community based in South Florida. He is an entrepreneur, with an extensive background in public education and multimedia communications, including journalism and entertainment. Sean's new book, Pre-Vegans, details the stories of 10 prominent vegans and how they began their vegan adventures alongside an overall background on what it is to embrace a vegan lifestyle. Pre-Vegans, the book, is available now. Sean, welcome to this Food Thing podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: It's a pleasure. That's true, isn't it? Your book is available now.
1: Well, no, the book, depending on when someone listens to it, it may be true, but it will be officially released on April 4th.
0: Oh, well then we'll get, yes, we will be um, publishing this after April the 4th. So Pre-Vegans, the book is available now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Sean, your, your relationship with food, would you describe your relationship with food as a
1: friend or a foe? I would say my relationship with food is definitely as a friend.
0: Has it always been that way?
1: It has not always been that way. Can and, you talk and about was, that? Of course. It was the, that shift in that relationship that brought me along on this journey towards veganism. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I battled or struggled rather with my weight throughout my childhood. You know, I grew up a little heavier set and... It impacted my confidence, and up until in ways that I didn't even realize until later on in my life. And when I decided to finally take that on, I found resources that let me know more about the foods that I was putting into my body. And as a result, go ahead.
0: No, go on. Go on.
1: No, and then as a result, I you know started that process of eliminating certain foods from my diet, which created that pathway for me to eventually become vegan. So let's
0: go back to when you were a kid. Were you overweight age three, four, five that time?
1: No. And uh, it's funny, I've, I've never really thought about <laughs> when I started to get overweight. But I was definitely normal size up until probably eight, nine. I think if I look back at my pictures, you could see me starting to get a little bit heavier um, wow. I'm thinking about around the time my parents um, divorced, ah. I started to get heavier. Wow. Ah. This is all real time, people. Wow.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's it's not such a stretch, is it, to think that we might be putting on weight as protection?
1: Mm. Wow. Well, yeah. That It's probably what it is because I feel like growing up as a child, I took a lot of comfort in the food. Okay. i i I believe I equated love with food
0: who was so the main of, who was the main food provider
1: my I, yeah I live with my mom um mm. she was a single parent, raising both my brother and i myself, and you know i just one of my fondest memories is when she would bring me you know pizza hut and and Burger King and yeah. those those little things you know those little nice little surprises during the day like when I'm on summer vacation summer holiday and um, I think just that compounded over time and, you know, just led to me gaining weight where, you know, come to middle school, I went to the doctor and I believe I was like 140 pounds in the seventh grade, which, you know, according to the index was obese. So that, that just continued on until I would say high school, I started to slim down a little bit, but um, yeah, that was, that impacted how I moved. And carried myself for a while. Did you get bullied at school? I did not get bullied at school. I'm I'm very fortunate to to not have been in that situation. And I credit that to just my fascination with all types of people. Mm-hmm. I was the type of person that was friends with the bully and this and the bullied. Yeah. Um, so oh. I, I I guess maneuvered through the crowd and, and <laughs> So I never was really, um, and, then, and, and, and don't get me wrong, there have been situations where, you know, the biggest bully in school decided to set their marks on me, their eyesight on me. yeah, And I just stood my ground. I got right in their face and didn't flinch. And that kind of settled that situation. So that's how I've always been. Whenever someone sort of like starts to go down that road with me, I will get into their face in a loving way Mm -hmm. and figure out what is, what's going on between the two of us, because I have nothing, no animosity towards you, but if this is what's going to be, then we have to figure it out one way or another. And I found like that energy has helped me in a lot of situations.
0: Just taking you back a little bit, when I was six, my mom and dad got divorced and my dad overfed me and compensated with food. And my mum restricted food. We didn't have much cash. So you, did you think your mum was compensating? Do you think she was feeding you
1: mm. feeling guilty? Yeah, wow. <laughs> so, um, Yeah, I, 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 think, I think there might've been some of that there. Um, she really went out of her way to give me what I wanted. And I was, I was, I could definitely say I was a spoiled child. Like if I didn't get my way, I'd be super passive aggressive about things, which I found got me what I wanted. So I definitely, um, if like, say I wanted to, I'm showing my age, but like um, I wanted to have, go get a blockbuster video or something like that.
0: And
1: (laughs) we, we, you know, for whatever reason, we couldn't do it. I would just retreat. I would just kind of like, be solemn. And that would eventually, you know, tug on her heartstrings till I got what I wanted. So um, you know, I guess yeah, I guess there there that, that was a bit of that there, like me getting my way, and that usually showed its way in food. So
0: it, it's a usual currency, isn't it, between parents and kids. I'm wondering, um I've got this slight obsession about the, the feelings. Do you remember what feelings, what feelings you had mm. when you had the food when you were a kid? Did it make you feel fantastic, and then not? Did you feel nurtured by it, comforted, nourished, or did it backfire in some way? Um,
1: I mean, thinking back in hindsight, I mean, there were times where. I would angry, uh, I would eat out of Mm -mm. anger. Mm. I know
0: that one well, yeah.
1: You know, I I remember, and I remember it feeling good.
0: Yeah. I remember,
1: I remember like someone doing something or it might've been a situation where I didn't get my way and I would just like cram the food in my mouth. And And it just felt, it felt so blissful. Like just being super angry and eating the food. Like I'm going to show the world that I get my ways on a situation Wow. Um yeah, yeah that's that's the most visceral memory that I have in terms of food and my emotions.
0: And do you know how you felt afterwards? Would you feel like a victor? Would you feel like you've won after the act? Mm.
1: I would be I would be lying if I say I remember how I felt afterwards. It was more just the doing it, the doing of it. Uh-huh. That that really sticks with me in my memory.
0: So then when you became a young adult. So you said you were at middle school, and then you were at high school. So let's go up to when you're like a late teenager. Are you still? Do you still have the same internal
1: conflicts around food, or has it changed? I would say it's changed. Um, I mean, um, at that point, I found my my purpose. You know, my my passion, which I'm still pursuing to this day. To this day. So that was that energy that was on food you know, switch to, to that.
0: Was it that quick?
1: Um, Yeah, it really was. I went all in. Um, After middle school, I I knew I wanted to be a media producer. And Mm -hmm. now I was, I became obsessed with that. So if it wasn't about producing content, building websites, creating graphics, I wasn't super interested in it. So um, the food took a little bit of a backseat.
0: Okay, was that also just to do with the fact that you were so busy and so fulfilled? It yeah. It register.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. I would, I would say, I would say that it was exactly that. It was all new to me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as a, as a human being. So these experiences were just like, oh wow, I want more of this. I want more of this. And then you get success here, you get success there, you do some cool stuff. And it's like, oh wow. Yeah, that sure. became my addiction. Um, that, you know, I'm, I'm proud, I still have to this day.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. In your, okay, so very early on in your chosen career, you were successful. Did you have, because it's quite a shift, isn't it, when you're in your early 20s. Did you have a shift in your 20s? Did you have a wobble? I'm trying to work out if your food relationship changed then and organically just became much easier or, if it was a little bit up and down,
1: it was up and down because now I'm in a space where I'm more visible mm-hmm. as a media producer, I'm hosting events, I'm doing podcasts, I'm making videos, what have you, and then the conversation starts to to happen regarding how do I look, you know mm-hmm. am I attractive enough or da 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 yeah so. I became a little bit more sensitive in terms of like comments. I remember the beginning of the shift of where I really started to focus on my health. You know, it was as simple as, you know, mm-hmm. one of my family members poking my stomach and saying, wow, he yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then it was like, you know, I kind of let it go. And then like the next day I signed up for a gym and yeah. you know, I was running, you know, <laughs> 10 laps a day, yeah. you know, yeah. so that's, that's, you know, I, sort of my personality and it, you know, it worked, you know, I saw the results. There have been like, I want to say three or three to four periods in my life where I completely shifted how I ate, you know, the exercise that I did. And in those times, I lost 30 pounds. The most I ever lost in, in one span was 60 pounds.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: and it was that period of time. And of course, I gained it back and I lost and I gained it back. But when I lost that 60 pounds, that's when I would credit as the beginning of my journey. Okay. Because that's what I learned. Actually, there was a program called Beyond Diet. It's probably still around now. Uh-huh. And I literally provides you with PDF and resources that shows you every single thing you put in your body from nuts to produce to animal products, what it does to you. And it's like, once I saw that, I couldn't unsee it. So it was like, all right. I wasn't quite at the point where I was going to stop eating poultry and seafood, but it was like, all right, I don't ever want to eat red meat again. Um, I'm going to limit the amount of dairy that I have in my system. And it was just like that. And then I started eliminating things and, you know, I was working at an elementary school and there was a vegetarian there and I just picked her brain and was like, oh, wow, just tell me a little bit more about this. And she mentioned veganism. And then I was like, what's veganism? And she explained it to me and I'm like, oh wow, I could be vegan if I just eliminated these two products. And I did it more as a challenge to myself. And then from there, it was just like, okay, this kind of went down that rabbit hole of okay, what's this vegan thing? You know, what is the what are these different foods? How can you make whole foods into something that you actually want to eat? And um, I've been I've been excited to explore all these different options ever since.
0: Were you just before we take a little break? Were you attracted to veganism because of its boundaries, and it felt easier to be freer because it's it's a more
1: restrictive way of eating? Hmm. That's a good question. I think honestly, it may, it may be a yes to your question, but the way I would phrase it is I did it because I felt that it was hard to do. And if I could do it you know i could and then this is once again this is in hindsight i didn't do it at the time for the reason Mm. but in hindsight i think i went vegan because if i did it successfully it's something that i can say i've been able to do you know kind of point to like this is something that most people feel is hard and i'm thriving on it um i think that was at the core of why i did it initially that's very interesting we're going to take a little break
0: Hi, welcome back to This weekly Podcast. I'm here with Sean Russell. We're talking all things vegan. And before we had a quick break, Sean, I just wanted to ask you a couple of questions about exercise. Also linked to you talking about eating when you were a kid and you'd eat angrily and cram the food in. And I now also linked to what you said about veganism as in, in hindsight, obviously that's not the only reason now, but you you wanted to become vegan because... You felt if you could achieve it, it it was a hard thing to do. So again, it was about achieving and being successful. When you were exercising, particularly around the times you lost Mm. your 60 pounds, and then you said that was a shift. Did you exercise obsessively, angrily, (laughs) too much, you know, that kind of continuing of that energy, that sort of dynamic?
1: Yes, I did. (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. No, seriously, I, me too. So, yeah. Yeah. I would,
1: I would, um, I would go like full speed for an hour in mm. the treadmill. Yeah. I would take, you know, fat burners, you know, I would, you know, run, you know, a lot, you know, more than I you know, thought I could in the mornings as a ritual, as a habit. I, I took solace in the, ha- the habitual um, nature yeah. of exercise yeah and um once again looking back and even right now when i go to the gym it's it's my escape it's it's me putting myself out there in the world showing up 100% as myself you know no filter obviously being respectful to people who are around me but it's just like i literally take my glasses off i'm you know practically legally blind i don't see anybody I'm singing, I'm dancing. I'm just like, it's like Zen, just having a a beautiful time. And I feel like that's what, when I'm in it and I'm deep in it, that's what exercise does for me.
0: That sounds like a point that you've reached with it. I don't think it was like that at the beginning.
1: Um, I'm more mindful. I'm more mindful of it now, for sure.
0: Yeah. And also as you get older, you just can't hammer your body in the same way, can you?
1: No, no, you'll feel it afterwards. For yeah, sure, in the yeah. Joints. <laughs> As
0: you limp down the street. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it's very interesting, all these things that we do. Um, okay, so you meet this woman and she tells you about vegetarianism and then veganism. And you go, okay, I can be vegan. How did it start? How did you start with it? And were you eating a lot of meat at the time? buying lots of leather i mean you
1: know no by that time by that time the definition by the definition i was more plant-based than anything um i didn't have i didn't consume it i followed the rules (laughs) in in the official handbook you get when you go vegan (laughs) and um i did everything to that to that effect but it was more of just following instructions and it wasn't like tied to any um ethical you know ideology or anything like that so um it started off with me just a limit, you know, clearing my pantry, emptying my fridge and, you know, buying the juicer and all these different things and and creating recipes. Whole foods became my friend and you know, I was eating a lot of imitation, um, transitional products, so like the Gardein ground and all that good stuff. I think this was before beyond meat when I was doing it. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And um, yeah, that was it. And um, I tell the story a lot on my podcasts and on different shows and what have you, but it was it was in, it was about maybe six, seven months into it, and I was going on a trip to Los Angeles of all places, and that was truly a test for me in terms of the veganism, because up until that point, I had everything within a couple minutes drive away from me. And I didn't really know where things were in Los Angeles. If Happy Cow, you know, a lot of vegans know what Happy Cow is. Yeah. um, If it existed, I wasn't aware of it. So my only options really were like Ralph's, you know, supermarket or what have you. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I was super transitional. I was eating a lot of the imitation, you know, mock protein meats. And I didn't have a place to cook. And that was really a lot of what I did. So I just, I didn't feel like having fruits and vegetables for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And um, I, you know, I slipped. I went and ate, I forgot what I ate. I don't think it was cheese. I always say it was like a pizza or something like that. But I think at that time, I stopped eating cheese. So I'm not sure exactly what it was that I ate, but I don't, I get, yeah, I fell off and it took maybe a few years before. I decided to try again with a different strategy.
0: With a different emotional approach?
1: Um, different intention? Yeah, emotional approach, but in actual you know, strategy, I, I set out to accomplish certain goals and, and put certain mechanisms in place based off of you know, debriefing what worked and didn't work in the prior episode.
0: So when you did it, first of all, when you were vegan, did you feel like you were denying yourself?
1: A little, when I first started.
0: Was it a daily battle? Maybe that's a bit much, but was it a bit of a fight?
1: It was, there was a little bit of a challenge there. Um, Yeah. But over time, you just, you get used to it. And um, I think what helped, yeah, the first time it was really a challenge. It was more like, I'm doing it for, like I was on a diet. It yeah. felt more of a diet than a lifestyle at that point. Yeah. And it, and it wasn't until the second go around that I looked at it more as a lifestyle and focused more on connecting with people in the community. And that's precisely why I started SoFlow Vegans is because I know that there may be other people like me who have the motivation to do it, but they need that reinforcement. They need to feel like they're not sacrificing you know, living. And, yeah. and I say that in the sense of connecting with people and going to events and having a good time. You know, I would say being vegan, I've had more fun in that respect than before being vegan. Um, it's like the world is open to me because I have this and that. Everything that I did back then that didn't involve food, I can still do. And now I have this whole community that you know, at the core of it, you know, one of the main cores of it is food and you get to explore all these new options. And yeah, so I, it was, it was definitely night and day between the two times that I, you know, attempted to be vegan. And um, yeah, I learned a lot in the process.
0: How did you feel physically? So let's say a year in your first time, Did you did you notice a difference with your energy levels, uh, working out? I don't know how hard you were working out. Um, I'm just
1: curious. What I could say physically, the biggest difference that I felt was in my allergies. Right now, around that time, before I went vegan, I was suffering from horrible allergies. I went and got the little skin prick test on your shoulder, and I was, you know, allergic to. 38 out of 40 of the items on, on the wow. list. Wow. I was getting like weekly shots and, you know, it was it was really bad. And I noticed after I went vegan that I was needing to take my medication less. I didn't really feel a need to go get the shots to the point where I don't really, even to this day, I don't really suffer from any of the allergies that I had back then I mean I can't I can't for a fact attribute that to the to the diet but it definitely there's some correlation in that with the time period so I would say that's something I can easily point to that I would say be a difference because that obviously leads to a better quality of life and you know, I can work out a lot more and not have the sniffles and whatever the situation was back then. I, it's been so long, I forgot all of the things that I experienced. The other thing too, is that I just, I don't get sick that often. Right. You know, I, I really, I can count on one hand the amount of times I've been like really sick since I went vegan back in, um, I would say officially 2013.
0: Wow. It's clearly a way of eating that suits you. Mm. Do you think that so? Is two thousand and thirteen your your second your reentry into veganism?
1: Yeah, two thousand and thirteen. Yeah, would be this would be that re-entry point. So you
0: have new strategies and you have a new outlook. This time, were you motivated by the ethical reasons of veganism?
1: Um, not yet. Not, not yet. yet. not yet. Okay. <laughs> okay. Interesting. <laughs> I was, I was motivated by building community. Oh, really? You know, I, I, my, my, my why was to see all these passionate people who are animal rights activists, who, you know, are cooks, who are small business owners. Yeah. And how do I, how do I be in service to them? And let my passion be their passion. And that's, that's how I entered. And then what ended up happening is I got to connect with these people on a human level and ask questions without feeling judgment. And that, you know, made me look at the ethical side of it and be like, okay... I was by default doing it for the animals, but now for sure, it's like a no brainer. Like, why wouldn't I be doing this for the animals? Like, why wouldn't I like have that extra layer of compassion? Then what ended up happening over the years and I did some work on myself as well outside of the vegan community, like different programs and what have you to kind of really unlock who I am, to gain some self-awareness. And I got to a point where it's like, I've been called to veganism. I've been called to this community because it's the closest thing that I can find to living a life grounded in compassion. And, um, you know, I can go into what, I, what that means to me, but for the point of this, what I'm saying is, you know, I'm doing it for love. I'm doing it so I'm living a life of love, compassion, and being understanding and, and patient with people and mean them where they are. And that is what drives me. That's my core tenant that drives me as a human being. And veganism allows me to practice that on a daily basis.
0: I love that. I, my head is full of so many things I want to say. I want, I, I had this phrase, it's like being called to church. And I mean that in its broadest sense. And we're talking about something spiritual. And I love that you said, it's a practice something that you practice. And who was it? I'm going to make a show of myself now. I can't remember. Was it D.W. Winnicott? Do you know the psychoanalyst, psychotherapist who talked about playing playing in reality? Did he say that if you want to know a country or the character of the country, this is so uh, general, uh, look at how that country treats its animals. Do you know that I,
1: quote? I just saw that quote like two days ago.
0: Did, is it D.W. Winnicott?
1: It might have been Gandhi.
0: Oh, was it Gandhi? Gosh. Oh, unless they both shared it.
1: Yeah, I think because I. It's funny enough. <laughs> I'm rebranding <laughs> my podcast, and I pulled that quote, that exact quote for the intro of my podcast. Oh, it's. The- it might be. It might be. It might not be the exact quote, but it's. It's in that vein. Great. What a great quote. And
0: I can't agree with it more, the character of a, a country and, yeah, how we are and, and how we treat other beings, sentient beings, not causing harm. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? What was I Oh, here's a here's quote yeah. real quick oh, from thank Gandhi. you. Oh, it is from the, Gandhi.
1: The greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated.
0: Okay, thank you. You just pulled me out of a hole. Thank you
1: very much.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's so true, isn't it? Did you... Okay, so when you first started your vegan journey, you were eating lots of substitute vegan foods. I do eat much less of them now. I do much more eating plants and vegetables and fruits do you have a much more natural less processed diet that's what i'm trying to say because lots of vegan food is highly processed and it doesn't always sit well in the body and all sorts of
1: things so have you changed in that way i would like to say i have but not really <laughs> what i what i have done though is i balance it out right so i i make sure that in times where i'm eating a lot of you know these soy products or whatever yeah um, that i am taking a you know I'm drinking a daily green juice or making smoothies taking supplements uh, I do a lot of um, superfood supplements like what, bladder supplements do you
0: do? Um, what else do you I'm do
1: what else do you do I've sea moss i am um, doing this black turmeric now um, so I'm exploring these different different things and is integrating it into my my daily routine just so I'm not you're going too heavy on it. But one of the things I, I do look forward to doing um, is recreating a lot of dishes that I had growing up because I'm from a Jamaican heritage Yeah. to use those whole food products like an oyster mushroom and jackfruit and such and such in replacement of the items that you can buy in a refrigerated section to have fun with my food. And I think that added and obviously recorded and put it out there because yeah, I'm a media producer. I feel like that would help, you know, help me steer away from using so many of those products. I'm not to say I'm not going to stop using it, but um, I I feel like that would help me um, eat more of a whole food plant-based diet.
0: Okay. We're going to take a quick break. Hi, welcome back to this Food Thing Podcast. I'm here today with Sean Russell. We're talking all things vegan. Sean, do you A, do you cook your vegan? You were talking about substituting food before the break. Do you cook your vegan family dishes for your family? And do you find that you eat less?
1: Mm. On your So, so your I'm 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 pretty solitary in my lifestyle right now. So I mainly just cook for myself. But um yeah, I make so I cook for myself and mm-hmm. um when I am with my family I don't typically cook for them because they're not they're, they haven't adopted the lifestyle. My mom did initially when I first went vegan and she? she she saw some really good results from that, but then um um kind of we're not in the same location, so I wasn't around her as often as I was when I first went vegan. So she kind of went back to eating certain things, like little seafood here, but didn't go full on what she was eating before um wow. we started the journey together Wow, um, and it's kept on too like i'm I'm so happy to see that so um I mean outside of the <laughs> the seafood and what have you but um as far as the the uh, what was the other question well, I just do you eat less oh, you eat less good good yes, I do eat less mm. uh, and and that's also. I want to say 100% because of the vegan, um, the veganism, I've adopted an intermittent fasting sort of methodology with what I, how I eat my food.
0: I don't do it all.
1: Yeah. I don't do it all the time, but I'm okay. Like eating one meal, one big meal a Mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. And, um, and a lot of times that's just because of how much work I'm doing. And okay. I'm not, I'm not, and I don't really get hungry during the day. I may like have an orange or something like that, but um, I'm good, like six o'clock to make a really nice meal and sit down and eat it and enjoy it and be mindful of it. And um, I'm perfectly fine with that.
0: What time of day do you exercise?
1: I work out in the mornings. Um, I typically around seven o'clock, between seven and 10 is the period where I like to work out and then I could start my day after that.
0: Do you not feel hungry half an hour after exercising
1: and you need to refuel? Not really. Wow. I drink okay. a lot of tea. I drink a lot of tea. Okay. And I feel like the tea holds me over, um, holds me over until like six. And then once again, it's not every day I'm like that. Especially one of the main things I do is I go to different vegan restaurants and showcase them on our platform in South Florida. So, you know, there will be times where I go and to these restaurants midday and, and then maybe have something a little bit later in the day. But, um, And I usually uptick that process of eating once a day when I start to feel like I'm packing on some pounds. Yeah. So, Because I, I know it works. Um, yeah. So I was just like, all right, let me, you know, at least four times out of the week, just eat one meal. And then I'll see, I'll kind of maintain my weight.
0: Do you have any of the conflicts you had when you were a kid? Any of the binging, any of those feelings that you just transfer onto different foods? Does that still happen?
1: Um, as far as like transferring the, the feelings into what I'm eating.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, cause we were talking a bit about overeating, weren't we at the beginning? And I'm wondering if that still happens, even though you've changed your
1: diet so drastically compared to what it was.
0: Mm,
1: no, I mean, I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it's, it's food. I wouldn't say if anything like that exists, it's, it's not in, it's not in terms of food. Um, Okay. Yeah. I okay. think I I've, I've, I've transposed that into other areas of my life.
0: Right. Yeah, okay. As long as it's somewhere thriving. <laughs> yeah, as long as as
1: long as, it's, as long as my ego's like, "Okay, I can live somewhere. You're good."
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm in the cupboard. <laughs> talk to me, tell us, my listeners, talk to us about pre-vegans, your book which is well, it will have been out on April the 4th because this will be airing a couple of weeks afterwards, which is as I said at the beginning, 10 prominent vegans talk about how they started their vegan journey?
1: Yes. um, This is one of the projects that i have probably the most excited about Mm. in my entire life because I've pretty much created everything, every single type of medium you can think about short of a cartoon. Okay. And, but the book is something that's eluded me for a long time. And I, I've, Produce books for my clients, but I've never done one for myself. And it's funny, one of my friends, Susan Hargreaves, I always try to plug her anytime I'm on a podcast. She's with Animal Hero Kids. Yeah. Um, she's an author. She does a lot of work in the animal rights community. And we had a conversation yesterday, and I was telling her, similar to what I'm telling you right now, is like just the writing of the book has always eluded me. And she's like, well, the hardest part for me is the marketing of the book. And I'm like, that's the easiest part for me. Um, <laughs> So it's just interesting, like how different people's perspective on the same thing um, shows up. But yeah, I've always wanted to write a book, and one of the things that always comes up for me in the vegan community because I've been deeply entrenched in it um, from the podcast, from the events, from you know meeting you know thousands of people over the last you know since twenty I officially launched twenty seventeen, and one of the things that I find prevents people from truly embracing and thriving in the vegan journey is that first couple of months when they decide to make that transition. And, you know, there are starter guides, there are things of that nature, but what I feel is missing from those is hearing their story, you know, being able to connect and relate with how that person did it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I started doing in my podcast around like season two or three is start asking all of our guests well, what is their vegan origin story? Okay, because I that's the, one of the first questions I ask because I feel that sets the tone for that person's for everything that person's going to say after that. Mm. You know, it allows you to connect and 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 sim- empathize with that person. So I decided with the book to take a few of those stories and, and tell them in this format so that people can get different perspectives from when men, women, people living in England, people living in the United States. Um, you know, Some of the people that we have, we have Earthling Ed, who was kind enough to be our first podcast guest back in 2018. We have Ingrid Newkirk from PETA. We have all these amazing individuals who have done so much for the movement and i felt it would be so powerful to hear about the time when they weren't vegan when they were eating meat when they were butchers when they you know worked in slaughterhouses and all these different things and how what was that shift that made them decide to take on this lifestyle so that's that's part of the book the other part of the book is i get Quick start guide, like introducing you, like giving you the, lay, the, the surface, the top layer of how to move forward. And I have the book presented in such a way, even to the design, where it's a textbook. It's a little manual you could take around with you in your backpack, in your purse, or whatever, and read and just thumb through, but a bookmark, go back to the stories and If you decide to move forward and want more additional resources, we're also developing an entire curriculum course that will break down all of the different areas that come up. Things like protein, things like dairy, meat substitutions, even going into the compassion component, which is why I'm vegan. Um, And I mentioned it earlier in the conversation. So... The whole idea is to create this, I guess, curriculum, this guide, this resource to help people step into veganism. And then everything else I'm doing is just kind of waiting for them. You know, through SoFlow Vegans, through some other projects that I'm about to launch, it'd be there for them to thrive in the community, which is why I created SoulFlow Vegans in the first place. <laughs>
0: It sounds like a, a roadmap, and I love the before and after, the why, because that's what we're all the transformation, that arc, that narrative mm. arc. That's the the compelling arc, isn't it? Yeah, a bit like looking inside someone's, someone's fridge. Um, but yeah, to to find out how, particularly if you have someone who worked in a slaughterhouse. Well, maybe, maybe that's the only reason you need to become vegan. But um, it sounds dramatic. It, let's just talk quickly about protein. Everyone talks about protein and veganism, <laughs> <laughs> so I know that you're going to be very well versed in this. What is your main your main protein source?
1: My main protein source are actually plants. Yeah, which ones? Um, just in general, you know, there it's it's the building block of protein, the amino acids that you get from these different foods. Obviously, some have more protein content than the others. But um, I say that to say I'm not super concerned about the amount of protein that I get. So it, even if all I eat are green vegetables for the day, I know that I'm going to be sufficient in what I'm doing because it all balances out. Um, but not sufficient. Obviously, you can't do that every single day. There are things you have to know and consult of. Uh, a fitness professional, uh, nutritionist, and what have you. I'm not a not a nutritionist. Well, actually, I do have a uh, certificate <laughs> from T. Colin Campbell's thing. So let me give myself a little okay, bit of you're credit.
0: Part-time, you're part time. You're part time. But um, but
1: yeah, I'm not. I'm not dedicated like some of the people yeah. I know, like Plant Chicks and all these amazing people that are out there. But no, um, I think it's overblown in terms of protein. Yeah. Um, no one's going to the hospital for protein deficiency. It's, you know, Mm. a lot, there's a lot of propaganda behind um, protein. So, you know, you just have to arm yourself with the knowledge of what's happening in terms of that narrative and understand that you don't need meat to get protein because that's really secondhand protein. You know, you're eating it from a dead source versus having it directly from. You know, the plants itself, which provides the amino acids, which are the building blocks for that. And then the other thing, too, is you have things like chia seeds, flax seeds, you have, you know, soy protein, tempeh, seitan, yeah, yeah. all these different things that you can use that are clean. You know, it's not necessarily the process. You have protein powders if you want to just, you know, create a little cheat code for yourself. Yeah. And there are so many amazing products out there, vegan products that are clean. You know that aren't filled with sugars and additives. That if you ever are concerned or don't know all of the different protein sources, which you can just find by googling, you can just dump a, a cup or whatever the little, you know, sh- scooper yeah. into your <laughs> into your smoothie, and you'll have your protein right there for sure.
0: I think um, we've all been a little brainwashed with protein, and I also think it's it's complex and nuanced because. You know, sort of masculine identity and potency is caught up with protein, isn't it? And your economic status is caught up with protein, and it's um, it's quite a web.
1: Yeah, all but, I needed to do is meet Corinne Sutton and Tori Washington, and guys. If you're watching this, Google them and realize that oh yeah, there's something going on with this whole protein conversation because there are these two huge um, vegan bodybuilders that you know are super clean. They don't Mm -hmm. take steroids and they have been thriving for decades. Tori specifically has been vegetarian, vegan his entire life. And he's, you know, you know, killing it with the championships. And Corinne was, you know, in the army and military and, you know, really in that meat life and completely shifted and, and this super thriving right now. So um, yeah, there's, there's a lot more that's going on that do your research about i highly advise
0: yeah thank you thank you for that but coming to the end i do have a last question actually a bit of a curveball if you Mm -hmm. were on an island any kind of island what five foods would you take with you you can have Mm -hmm. a, a condiment cupboard
1: okay i'll start with the condiment it's ketchup
0: okay no that's in your cupboard you don't have to take that I'm going to give you oil Oh, it's already, oil. You've it's already got in my it. cupboard. Yeah, it's already oh. in your cupboard, unless you want oh, okay. to take a
1: lot. You see how excited I was to say ketchup? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so I would definitely say brown rice Uh-huh. because I could just eat that by itself. Yeah, um, you could get rice, right, not raw. No, no, I would I'd definitely <laughs> boil it over water. Um, and that's how I eat my rice right now. I don't put anything in it. I just have boiled water. And um, also if
0: you soak brown rice for a long time, what yeah. a difference.
1: Yeah, yeah. Anyway. But I kind of like mine. I kind of like my rice al dente. Oh, okay. So. That's okay. That's okay. Okay. So you've got <laughs> oh, brown rice. I've got brown rice. Uh, I would say tofu. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Um, I would say citrus oranges. Okay. What's that? Three? Oh, my goodness. Three. Um, brown rice. I would, say it's, I would say some dark chocolate because I, I want to indulge in like a little piece yep. on a daily. Yeah. Uh, Herba mate.
0: Herba mate, just, the tea?
1: Yeah, I, I'd love to just, you know, I can get by just, I'll just probably intermittently fast every single day and just have my tea. Okay, I'm looking. Have my, have my orange and have my rice dish as the end of the Looking
0: swell day. on the island. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, that's great. Sean, thank you so much. It's been terrific to talk to you. We will have all the information about your book, Pre-Vegans, on our Instagram page and attached to the podcast. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up? Um,
1: I would just say if you are thinking about the lifestyle and you want to to explore it, I would say take some time to figure out your why. And this is not just specific to veganism. I would say for anything, figure out your why and and, and let that be your guide. Because anytime you fall off or you... you you know you're not living up to exactly what you set out for yourself just refocus on that why and that kind of be like your life preserver bringing you back to where you want to go that's terrific advice
0: thank you sean thank you very much thanks for listening i'd love to know your favorite bit from this episode let me know on instagram at this food theme podcast or join us again in the next episode